The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that raid line! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is... Going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh no! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode 394, coming to you on Friday, December 4th. It is the preview episode for USC and Washington State locking horns on a Sunday at the Coliseum. Yes. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at the L.A. Coliseum. I'm not even going to. I have no words. Do, do you get the reference? I get I, those are the old commercials about like the the tr- monster truck or monster something. trucks. Yeah. <laughs> at Edison Field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the Trojans and Cougars. And uh, we're going to preview it. Here on this episode, which uh, might be our shortest game preview of all time. It's going to be a weird one. We're going to get into that in a minute. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Ren of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ren of Troy. Be sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, Omni, wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. Uh, our email address, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, our phone number is 213 213- Three seven three one USC second whisper show, uh, and I'm your host Mike Castillo. Join along with my co-host here in the Reign of Troy studio, uh, Lisa Daratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, there's a lot to get to right off the top. It's, here. Been, a, it's been a little bit of a week. It, it's been it's been a little bit of a week for sure. Um, in a lot of ways, not just with SC having last week's game. Canceled. We haven't put out a podcast in over a week. Um, there's been a lot to go down. Now, I'm going to run down the things that have happened since our last pod. Let, let's see if I can get, get everything. Yes, I don't think you can. All right, let's let, let's <laughs> see. So, SC's game against Colorado was canceled. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, we went to Thanksgiving. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Uh, which is a small. Family affair. Everyone got COVID tested before. Immediate family. Yep. Yep. Uh, Very small. Uh, The USC-Washington State game was postponed, a.k.a. moved back two days to Sunday. Yes. Correct? 
Yes. Okay. Um, we had a we we had a uh, Google Suite um, change with uh, you know uh, in the back end, not just Reign of Troy, but but throughout fan sided, uh, which has temporarily put our email offline. Yeah, that's uh, you know slightly inconvenient. Yeah. So if you've emailed Reign of Troy and you've gotten a return to sender. Um, our apologies. Yeah, no, nothing uh, we, we can really do about that right now. Nothing we can do about that right now. We're, we're trying to get that email back up and ready. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as we do. Uh, so that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, subsequently, um, multiple people we know that we've been in contact with in the last week have come down with COVID. Yep, positive tests. And so we are in the same boat that USC is currently in with... Um, in terms of contact tracing, uh, except we are going to be a scratch for Saturday uh, and not go to the game. Uh, USC is hoping they are a go on, on sorry, Sunday. Uh, and Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And go to the game against Washington State at the Coliseum, uh, I believe 6.30 p.m. Well, that was the other news that you missed, is that did, they, did it, it was originally announced for 6, and then they moved it to 4.30. 4.30? Yes. On FS1? Yes. Okay. It is, and it is the Sunday night football game, right? Essentially? Uh, in college football, sure. yes. yeah. Going head-to-head with NFL Sunday night football. No one cares about that. I mean, that, I certainly don't. That's fake football. <laughs> you have to put two feet to catch a ball. I know. They don't stop the clock Very on lame. first down. The stupid hash marks are lined up with the with the uprights the, to make it easier on the kickers. It's fake football. Mm-hmm. Fake football. I mean, it's, it's not my favorite. No. So this is where we are. Um, neither one of us is feeling too great. Yeah, uh, that's so we Bur- burying the lead a little bit. <laughs> a little bit there. I have never been more in need of a you know in in, in studios when you have like an actual fancy setup. Uh, are you saying this isn't I mean, a fancy setup? The Rot setup? Studio is lovely, but uh, it's not. You're, are you bashing our setup right we, now? We don't have a cough button, Michael, and that we maybe... do. It's called pause and start recording <laughs> over again. Well, then it's going to be one of those nights. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're wondering, uh, we've been tested multiple times for COVID. Uh, to the point where we don't believe the test anymore and we're taking another one and waiting the current results. I personally feel like a pro taking the test. I know. I feel like I know exactly what to do when you're in the drive through line. I, I feel like I'm, uh, I, I've am I've become one with the COVID test, which, I mean, we, we've avoided the, the up the nose into the brain test. I will not be doing that. No. I mean. Never. Yeah. No. I am all for the swab. And I'm all for uh, making it easier on the people. So I, I'm that person who writes down in marker <laughs> the uh, the, the ID numbers. The, the testing and, number, yeah. yeah. Uh, and last time, the guy was like, you've been here before, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, we have. That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's where we are. Uh, that's how uh, the cookie crumbles. So, yeah. Where should we get started? I mean, USC is going to play a football game this this week, so that's something. This is something. I mean, well, yeah. we think, like knock on all the wood, USC is going to play a football game. Am, am I weird in saying that it feels like forever ago 
that SC played a football game? I had a dream last night that we were going to the football game, and I think it, it was very prescient because the dream was that I was getting ready to go for to go to the Coliseum, but that I was getting ready at the base of a mountain and that in order to get to the Coliseum, we were essentially, I was going to have to climb the mountain. Oh, so this game was at Cal. And it start, well, I mean, but like climb it, like with climbing gear and stuff. And it started to pour rain once I got there. So like my camera equipment, which I realized halfway up, I didn't need because I'm not on the field anymore. And in the dream, I was very upset about this. Um, and I got to the Coliseum and it was just like flooding like even the even the press box was just flooding with water. Um, I I think my subconscious is, is having a moment about uh, the difficulties of, of USC games right now, but you know that's uh, that's something. Yeah. So, moral of the story: It's been a long time since USC uh, played football. We're going to talk about it. Go through the news and preview USC and Washington State on this episode. Uh, it's just probably not going to be the longest episode of all time, but yeah, which means for us it's probably going to be like an hour. If it's only an hour, then uh, you'll be having mercy on me. All right, Alicia looks like she's got a cough, so let's let's go to the newsroom. Let's start with the COVID news. Big COVID. uh, Wrecking havoc everywhere right now. Uh, USC has had no new positives this week. They had four positives and seven contact tracees last week. The Trojans are expecting to have enough offensive linemen back from isolation to play on Sunday against the Cougars. But Clay Helton won't say how many and who, uh, which is a big question. Uh, is this going to be something that keeps out SC's starters out? Is this going to be something where the offensive lines without Elijah Vera Tucker, arguably the team's best player? Um, who knows? Um, it's all going to be a wait and see until, su- until Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the contact, it really comes down to who who tested positive and who had the contact tracing. Because I would expect the guys who had the contact tracing would be able to get back in time for Sunday. The guys who tested Sunday, 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 Sunday. Uh, the guys who tested positive, I'm not sure entirely because so many of the guidelines are changing. Clay Hilton seemed to indicate that uh, that the the new CDC recommendations to isolate for seven to ten days instead of 14 that they haven't really hit the local level yet so we can't depend on that sort of number to follow so we have to assume it's a 14-day thing um from from the end of of symptoms i think or the onset of symptoms it's all very hard to the the information is constantly changing so it's just hard to say who is available but it certainly feels like usc has the numbers that they need uh the biggest concern would be like you said well is it starters like if avt is missing that's a big, big deal. Um, but at the same time, you know, how how many days of practice have any of those players been able to have? Uh, are they the like, I feel like we can trust Elijah Vera Tucker to come in at this point and pick up where he left off without without needing any time. But I don't think I could say that for for everybody on that offensive line. 
uh, if they haven't been practicing for for a few weeks or, uh, you know, a week and a half. So that would be my biggest concern is who has been able to practice, who hasn't been able to practice and and, uh, what what is the makeup of that offensive line? Because if it's not the five that USC has had established, then it's going to probably involve freshmen and it's going to be a shakeup that isn't ideal uh, when you're when you're coming back to play uh, under these circumstances. Yeah, and it's an interesting situation because you don't want to have to go to the freshmen. We know that SC has a ton of freshmen on the offensive line, um, and you don't want to have to go to those guys because you know that SC's offensive line, as it is, has been unreliable outside of Eric Tucker. Yeah. At the same point, I think that in a lot of ways – you want those offensive linemen, those freshmen, to start to get reps, right? You want them to be experienced. You want them to have some sort of, you know, way, pathway to develop. Um, and if they got a week of more reps, that's not a bad thing. But it's a bad thing in terms of the continuity and the chemistry of the existing line uh, that hasn't necessarily put together three games that have been overwhelmingly impressive. Well, and a, a lot of it also depends on so which of the freshmen are they going to have to turn to because right. we Who, heard which of anyone they have to turn. Yeah, to. well cuz we heard very good things about Jonah Monheim and we heard very good things about um Cortland Ford. About Cortland Ford. So if those are the guys who are able to step up then yeah, I'm with you. You know, you want them to get some reps. You want to see what they've got. Uh, if they were already sort of earning talk of being in that rotation then maybe they are viable players but you know I don't want to I don't want to give any offense to any of the other freshmen but they are freshman offensive linemen you don't you they shouldn't be ready to play yet right and some of those other guys I don't think we should expect them to be ready to play yet but you know depending on who's contact traced and who's not and all of that kind of thing there's not a lot of control on on that side of it which I think is weirdly comforting in, in the sense that these are tough decisions. Well, you just got to do what you got to do. It, like, it might be easier not to have to make the decisions just because they're going to be made for SC based on who's available and who's not. Well, you say that now, except that I'm flashing back to Cyrus Hobby and uh, it might not be better. <laughs> I'm not saying that it'd be better. I'm saying that uh, that it might be easier to make decisions when they're not when you don't have to make when a you don't have to make yeah, the decisions when, when because the guys, yeah they're they're, they're going to be determined by protocol um, and and things like that so yeah it's going to be a, an interesting night for USC's offensive line certainly uh, and and what that means for the run game what that means for pass pro all those kind of things uh, as of the the in terms of the the game itself things look good there was a tweet from Theo Lawson of the spokesman review up in Spokane, who covers uh, Washington State. He said, Wazoo AD Pat Chun uh, tonight expects the Cougars to have fewer than five players in COVID-19 protocol by the time they leave for LA. And after a conversation with USC's Mike Bone, he's confident Sunday's game is, quote, all systems go. Yeah, and, and Seems good. Well, part of the big question is that this week, Los Angeles County, Los Angeles City has instituted much stricter safer-at-home slash stay-at-home slash whatever you want to call it orders um, that that certainly you would look at and say, well, where does USC fit into all of these? As of as of we're, us recording this on Thursday night, there are so many exceptions and exemptions to, to the, the stay-at-home including orders. Including podcasting. Including podcasting. We are an essential service, Michael. That's, that's essential. right. Essential. 
Um, but those things are under the except the exemptions, and so along with a, a bunch of other things. So from it, it seems to be status quo for the time being. The problem could be down the line. I still don't know that we're out of the woods yet as far as figuring out whether or not USC and UCLA are going to be able to play next week because there is talk of of even more stringent uh, orders coming down the line from the state level. So, you know, information is changing constantly by the day, by the hour. We have to just go with the flow and understand what's currently in place and what's currently in place would, would lead us to believe that, that USC is going to be able to to host a, a football game at the Coliseum on, on Sunday, at least. And then we'll, you know, you have, you, Clay Holton said this, and I think he's right about this. You just have to take it day by day by day. Go with what you know at that time and, and uh, prepare for what you can. Yeah. Um, prepare for what you can uh, and be flexible. That's the key to winning in 2020 is be flexible and be able to adapt. Um, and if you're able to adapt, you can win games. Um, if you're not, you get caught out by uh, by big COVID. So, um, yeah, uh, the other injury report to talk about the Trojans. We know that the unknown offensive linemen uh, are potentially outs or, or how that could factor in. We don't know any of that. Uh, that's all murky. Um, but uh, doubtful is Palier Nautote, who's in concussion protocol still. Uh, and questionable is Raylan Goforth, who's dealing with a foot sprain. The linebackers are a huge point of contention on defense, because just like the offensive linemen, um, we don't know how many are going to be available, period. There's not many, because there's been so many issues throughout the season this far, even before, even before the season with the linebackers. Yeah, yeah. The linebackers had enough injuries going into the season that you would have liked to have seen that unit not have the injury troubles that they're having right now. And, and of course, those are USC's two starting linebackers from the ASU game who are both in doubt. Uh, now Teote has been in concussion protocol for going on three weeks now, um, and Clay Alton said he's getting better, but he doesn't expect him to play, so that's a bummer. And then Raylan Goforth has been able to sort of do a little bit of work this week on that on that foot sprain that he has. So I would uh, I think I think USC is probably hopeful that he'll be able to play, but it's still not certain. So it's entirely possible we'll, we'll see Kanai Malga and um, and and Raymond Scott thrown out there, which. You know, Kanai Mauga was coming off his best game, probably as a, as a Trojan so far, certainly in, in this defense. And Ray Scott, you know, he had some trouble with his run fits, but he, he brought a spark to that defense when he came in against Arizona. So hopefully those guys can uh, can fit in and, and use the preparation that they've been able to have over the last couple of weeks to uh, to, to get ready to go. But it's, you know, it's, it's not an ideal situation at a key position for USC. Yeah, uh, to say... The least. Uh, let's flip over to recruiting, and I say flip because let's get right All to all them it. flips. Yeah, uh, USC has flipped Kyron Ware Hudson, a four-star wide receiver, previously committed to the Oregon Ducks. He's ranked 124th nationally. Clearly, he saw the Oregon Ducks lose the. It's not called the Civil War anymore. And then was like, got to get on uh, the the SC train. Has anyone come up with a new name for the not called the 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 the, the I, rivalry game? I don't know, but maybe the 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 anti SC UCLA in terms of uniform combinations, like, like uh, the worst uniform clashes. Oh yes, oh yeah, uh, yeah. That is not a even when Oregon State's uniforms are good, 
which I often think they are. I think they're great. And we, I often like organs. Even when organs are good, which often together, they are, together that's not trash. a pretty not a pretty picture. No. Not, not the way that the uh, powder blue and the cardinal combine for, for USC and UCLA, but either way, well, somebody's, somebody, I, I was expecting somebody to figure out something before that game even happened, and then it didn't, and... See, that know. should be called the Territorial Cup, yeah. the Oregon Territory. Yeah, there you right? go. I don't know that... Uh, the dysentery cup. The dysentery. Well, you know what? Might might be problematic for people who have had dysentery. I don't know. I feel like I have dysentery. Call it the uniform cup. No. 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 I don't know. Whatever. They'll figure it out. Either way, uh, yeah, that's a big pickup for USC. Big flip. USC needs wide receivers in this class. The air raid offense, they just flat out do not have the numbers that they need in order to run this offense at wide receiver from a practice standpoint, let alone in a game situation where they want to be able to have guys, you know, subbing in and out and, and and getting a lot of guys involved. So big time pickup from modern day who hopefully will uh, open some doors for USC to, to continue to recruit some modern day guys, which uh, which is also a, a big, big value um, the other the other nice thing, you know, where Hudson is, is a guy who reminds some people of like Darius Rogers in terms of he's a strong, strong receiver who will just bully a corner. And uh, and that's uh, always something that you want to hear because those guys have, have generally done well at USC. Salem football trials. There, I like it. I like it. Does it work? Submit it. Submit it. Yeah. OK. All right. Yeah. Uh, other news, uh, Jake Garcia, a Trojan no more. We know that he has left Narbonne. Now he has left USC. Uh, the four-star quarterback, formerly of Long Beach Poly, formerly of Narbonne, formerly of La Habra, Dylan, T.C. Williams, Valdosta, now Grayson. Uh, Jake Garcia is uh, no longer part of USC's class. He is decommitted. Yeah, th- this this is going to go down as one of the longer and weirder recruiting sagas that that I've remembered at USC just from the perspective this is a guy who committed to USC last year and then as soon as USC started looking at and he was part of the decommitment of Bryce Young and then the the getting Jake Garcia so it was all okay and then shortly after USC starts recruiting Miller Moss and then there's all this back and forth about Will Jake Garcia decommit now that USC has added Miller Moss and can they have two quarterbacks in this class and blah, blah, blah. And there were rumors left, right, and center about him being wooed by Georgia and being wooed by Florida State and being wooed by Miami and, and every every other which way. And then COVID cancel. Well, then he then he transfers when Narbonne gets hit by penalties for uh, violation. Rest in peace. He yeah. transfers to La Habra for his, his senior season. And then COVID cancels that, and so he transfers to Georgia, where his parents get a divorce in order to allow him to make that transfer eligible. And then because they blabbed about it to ESPN, the the school district in Georgia made him ineligible at Valdosta, and then he ends up going to Grayson, where now he's been playing games for Grayson. Um, and all the while, there was a talk of, well, he's solid to USC. No, he's not. He's solid to USC. No, he's not. And then... Here he comes on a Thursday night and drops the bomb that he's uh, decommitting from USC. So there was always this possibility, I think. I don't think anyone is is terribly surprised. Yeah, once Miller Moss committed, this was always a likely scenario, Well, and, right? and, and, you know, a month ago, USC extends an offer to, a little over a month ago now, to, to Jackson Dart from, uh, from Utah, another four-star guy who's 
in the same sort of bracket as as uh, Garcia and Moss and uh, those guys in terms of being top 150 recruits for this class. So, you know, USC was keeping an eye open, keep, keeping a lookout for another quarterback they could bring in. And Jake Garcia has obviously gone on his way. So just one of the weirder recruiting sagas. But like I said, you know, this has been talked about for almost the entirety of his commitment time to USC. So it's just one of those things that uh, this is the world we live in as far as uh, recruiting goes and jumping schools and having uncertainty left, right, and center. So, Yeah, and Jackson Dart, you mentioned, also a 2021 20, recruit. We'll have to see. The Trojans can uh, can get a bullseye there uh, <laughs> or whether uh, they'll go bull up um, and end up with the buckshot um, or um, it ends up being a big fish. Um you're just running with it there. I literally Googled uh, darts terms. There you go. I don't know anything about darts, so. You don't play darts? I've played darts in video games. I play darts at bars, but I'm pretty sure I'm not playing darts the way that one So I find darts, plays ver- darts rather interesting to go on a little side tangent in that I always thought you would throw the darts. You don't throw them. You, like, flick them. You, you, you like, toss them. Yeah. Like, like you just... Toss it into the air and like lob it. It's like a little flick. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I, I love watching darts on TV though. How serious? I, it I is. believe. Well, I mean, darts throwers are very very good at what they do. But all I know is, again, I don't. I just throw the thing at the other thing and hope it sticks and hope you don't stick anybody's eye. Do you, Do you know what a fogel is? I do not. Intentionally irritating an opponent by throwing a series of castaway darts. Is termed as a fogel. Darts are thrown in an undue and wild manner with the purpose of irritating the competitor. Huh. Don't don't give me a fogel. Well, that's fascinating. I I I No no word on relationship. I feel like you Jared. had to, I feel like you had to be there yeah. to, to to get what that <laughs> what that means. <laughs> Apparently. Um yeah. Is that what Keaton Slovis is doing, throwing fogels? I'm no, gonna, I'm no. going to call him Fogels from now on. Let's let's, let's shy away you from You open Fogel. this door, Michael. I am it's not Fogel. touching Fogel. Um, Josh Fogel is a, is a past thrown specifically I'm, I'm to irritate moving, USC. I'm moving on Fogel. I, I am walking away from it. <laughs> Don't keep bringing it back up. Okay. We're, we're, we're moving on to Josh Moore, who decommitted from the Trojans on Wednesday. Uh, Josh Moore from Georgia, three-star athlete who had flipped from Stanford. He's ranked 423rd nationally. Uh, if I remember right, he was a corner, and then SC was going to take him as a receiver. Is that right? Yeah, so USC was was bringing him in as a receiver. I don't know if his decommitment was related to USC flipping Ware Hudson. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but it's certainly... New York, uh, by the way. New York? You said Ware Hudson. Ware Hudson? Yeah, it's... Okay. But you get mad at me for Fogel. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I mean, uh, technically also New Jersey. Well, I, I can't even. This is the stupidest episode we've ever the, we, the, I, I, the, I apologize. The people should have already picked up on that. Um, we apologize. <laughs> uh, either way, Josh Moore is no longer going to be a Trojan. USC has a better wide receiver in his place. So there's that. Yeah. So um, that's how the cookie crumbles with recruiting. Let's get to talking about USC and Washington State. Rocket horns at the Coliseum on Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We'll be right back.
All right, Alicia, USC and Washington State. This is a game that was not supposed to happen this year. But here we are. It is going down at the Coliseum. The Washington State Cougars previously met two years ago on a Friday, uh, which is interesting. I believe that was the most recent home game that you and I have each missed. And yet, here we go. Sunday, we're going to miss it again. You were in you Ohio. I was in Ohio for a wedding. Yeah, back and I when, was in Arizona. Back when we could do that. And you were in Arizona. And yeah, that's a weird... I hadn't even thought of that, but yes. Yeah, and JT Daniels is throwing touchdowns again. And, and JT Daniels is now in Georgia throwing touchdowns. And He's in Georgia along with Jake Garcia. Everything yeah, is everything just... Yeah, everything is just coming together here. Worlds are colliding. Yep. Um, but the point, and Drake Garcia, not at USC. JT Daniels, not at USC. Mm-hmm. Oh, my what God. Are, what are the, what does it say? The Illuminati is just right something, here. Something, something. Yeah. Well, Keaton Slovis was in Los Angeles instead of being in Arizona where you were last year. Oh, my God. Yeah. How are you putting this together? Yeah. Goodness me. Uh, the Cougars, one and one so far this year. They uh, they split uh, the Salem football trials, beating Oregon State, losing to Oregon. They gave Oregon a tough Tough battle uh, there in Pullman, but could not get the win. Uh, they are 47th in SP+, 13th on offense, 99th on defense. Basically what you would expect out of a, a Washington State team. This is year number one for New- Nick Rolovich, who comes over from Hawaii. He was 10-5 and five with the Bows last year, 28-27 overall. Uh, they were a really good football team uh, over in the Mountain West last year. He comes in to run the run and shoot with his offensive coordinator, Craig Stutzman. Uh, and Jake Dickert is the DC running a 4-2-5. Guys to watch. You got to start at quarterback with the true freshman, Jaden Delora. Through two games, four touchdowns, only one pick. He's thrown for 548 yards, 321 of which came against the Oregon Ducks. At least he's looked good. He can throw the football. He can throw it well downfield. He can run a little bit. He can try to do a bunch of little things uh, all for you. Uh, what do you expect out of uh, Jaden Delora and what the Trojans can kind of expect to to see from him? What is was that? I, I was asking Alicia, not Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, calm down. Yeah. The <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> Thanks, Echo. Sorry, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay, stop. I wonder if that's even coming through on the recording, but if it we're, is... We're leaving this in. If it, just leave we're, it in. It's all it good. In. It's all good. Uh, you know who's good? Jaden Delora. He is a true freshman who has quite the arm on him. Uh, he can he can chug it downfield as well as anyone I've seen so far this season, and uh, that's what makes him dangerous. He's also He also looks mobile, uh, which should definitely make him dangerous uh, from a USC perspective, so... He has uh, gotten rave reviews early on in his uh, in his very young career, and it's a little bit like what happened uh, with USC and Keaton Slovis last year. It was a surprise to see the true freshman perform like he did in the in the preseason and the off season, and, and ultimately get the the starting job, the starting opportunity. Uh, but like Graham Harrell with Keaton Slovis, Nick Rolovich, he's his guy. He's he's the guy who is the most comfortable with this this run and shoot offense and he looks like he fits it like a glove. So USC absolutely needs to be careful with Jaden Delora. They can't go into this thinking, oh, he's a true freshman that's not going to challenge. Um he's 
based on his first two performances uh, in, you know, obviously he's only had two, but he's up there with, uh, you know, Jane Daniels and Grant Cannell as some of the brighter quarterbacks in the in the Pac-12, in the Pac-12 that's restocking at quarterback. So that's a major, major concern for USC that they've got to be alive to, um, especially on those downfield throws, because we haven't seen USC get beat terribly bad downfield, except, um, you know, there were moments against uh, Arizona where it happened and and uh, Utah where it happened. So something to to challenge USC secondary this this week. Yeah, and luckily for SC, that is one of the best units on the team, especially the defense with Ufanga, uh, Chris Steele, Elijah Griffin, IPM, all there in the secondary. We're going to see what this matchup is uh, since it's one of the best thus far through the passing game. And it's not just going to be through the air because Max Borgie might be back. Washington State's best playmaker from a year ago. He missed the first two games for undisclosed reasons. Nick Rolovich really close to the vest with injuries, COVID, and, and whatnot. So who knows why he missed the first two games, but he did. Uh, he returned to practice this week. We'll see if he's able to get in there on Sunday. Uh, and even if he's not, Dion McIntosh, who filled in for him in the first two games, was really, 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 really good. Uh, fourth in the Pac-12 in rushing yards per game thus far, averaging a buck 19 and a half. He had seven yards per carry through the first two games. And the only rushers in the conference to have a higher yards per carry average with at least 30 carries, Oregon State's Jamar Jefferson and Oregon's Travis Dye. Pretty good. Pretty good company to be in, that's for sure. But the, I guess the question is, what will if Max Borgie plays, what will he look like in this new Right. In this new offense, the, the thing about Deion McIntosh is he is very feast or famine. So, uh, absolutely is, yeah. which I think for USC should be an absolute worry because they have been susceptible to giving up the feast when it comes. Uh, so, that's something to keep an eye out to. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's talk about uh, Wazir's defense. Uh, not great, as we talked about before, 99th uh, in, in SP. Um, Jihad Woods is back for, I feel like, his 93rd year um, up in Pullman on the Palouse. Leads the team in tackles and tackles for loss. And all told, the Cougs are 11th uh, in in defense, total defense, in the Pac-12. Do you know who's 12th, by the way? Dead last in, in, in total defense in, in the Pac-12? The way you're asking, it makes me think USC, but I don't think that's the case. No, SC's 6th. In terms of yards per game. UCLA? UCLA's third. Oh. It's ASU. Uh, oh, right, 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 because they've only played one game, and USC put up like 700 yards. Yes. Well, 556, close okay. enough. Uh, but is allowed 516 each in the first two games. Uh, well, that's the average through the first two games. Um, SC should be able to move the ball here. Uh, should be able to get into the red zone, which they've done uh, consistently. It's going to all be about can they finish off drives. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about that a little bit in over-under coming up. But I I don't want to get into this defense too much, and I feel like I'm doing a no-sell here uh, on Washington State's defense, but this comes down to, on that side of the ball, SC just needs to take care of business. Well, I mean, that's that's USC's biggest trouble though isn't it yeah Washington State has a front seven that can get in the backfield and uh, has proven that against some pretty good offensive lines that uh, Oregon State and Oregon have 
So that will be my main concern is is that Washington State's defense, if they can just create some havoc plays, then USC's going to be in trouble. But USC, as always, needs to avoid shooting themselves in the foot by not allowing those kinds of things. Yeah, that would uh, that would certainly behoove the Trojans going forward. Uh, Alicia, let's get right into it. We're going to go to over-under and then wrap up this episode a little bit short. I know it's short. We're sorry. We haven't been around in a long time. I mean, a, a short episode for us is not a short episode for the vast majority of podcasts. Yeah. And we've so. already stopped like multiple times, so yeah. you, can, you, can, you can cough it up over there. Mm-hmm. Need that cough button, man. You're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. All right, Alicia, I have a three-game lead in over-under. Let's see... Can we lay a foundation for me to expand on that lead over you? I think so. You Again, Alexa, we're not <laughs> talking to you. Sorry. I thought I heard my name. <laughs> this is the weirdest podcast we've ever recorded. Uh, I was going to say something about you over over arching your lead or like your lead is based on very little evidence because we only lead. had you know if you we've had one one game where we where you had more than me and three two straight games, weeks you have not even chipped into two, it a little two bit ga- two straight weeks we've been completely tied yeah three straight weeks we've been tied well no we've been tied the no, last three straight weeks we didn't tie USC didn't play Colorado so we didn't do it but you didn't beat me and I didn't beat you we were tied okay whatever. We're tied. What's your first over-under? My first over-under is getting back to what I talked about uh, in the previous section. 8.5 tackles for loss for Washington State. Why do I set it there? That freaking high? Uh, because USC has given up a lot of tackles for loss against teams thus far. Uh, they gave up 7 to ASU. They gave up 8 to Arizona. They gave up 10 to Utah. And they're going to be fielding an offensive line that we don't know who the heck's going to be on it. So Washington State had five against Oregon State and six against Oregon. But as I said, I think both of those are quite, uh, you know, Oregon's replacing a ton of a ton of guys. But they have a track record with that staff of putting together uh, a good offensive line. So I think that, uh, that, that those lower numbers for Washington State don't show what they might look like against a, a weaker offensive line. So... Putting it high, eight point five. Huh. I like this line. I agonized I, I, over this line because it, it was going to be seven point five, and I thought yeah. that's too low when USC has potentially four Cyrus hobbies on the field. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but um. Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'm just saying. I, I, I was going to take the under. And now I'm torn a bit here. Um, I, I go back to when we talked about the 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 running game and how I think it's like 22.3% of USC's runs end up in a, in a run stuff, which means zero or negative yards. You would have to think that that would only be higher if there's multiple offensive linemen out for the Trojans in this game. Um, Screw it. Give me the over. All righty. Give me the over. I, I'm I am a wild man. 
See, and this, taking the over. This, I, I don't feel comfortable about this, but I'm, th- this is over. where I feel I, I'm frustrated because one of our favorite stats sources, CFB stats, is um, the one area where I think they very much lack is that you can get a game log for tackles for loss, but you can't get a game log for tackles for loss allowed. And so, like, I would love to go through and see, uh, like, what the max number of tackles for losses that USC has allowed uh, over the last couple of years. Because I'm, I'm guessing that 10 against Utah was on the higher end, but then again, I don't know. I'd have to go back. Like, I had to look yeah. at game logs for the first three games to, to double-check that, so... um. Yeah, I, I think it's a good it's it's a good spot. I, I'll I'll take the over just because you convinced me with the the four I mean, Cyrus I'm hobbies. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah. All right, um, my first over under is over under seven and a half squandered points for USC inside the red zone. The reason I bring this up, we talked about it last week in that uh, huge episode where we went on like a forty minute diatribe into what's wrong about USC's offense. Uh, well, the Cougars might be where the doctor ordered, uh, but USC's problem seems to be themselves on offense, so maybe not. Washington State's defense has allowed touchdowns on 9 of 10 drives into the red zone, Oof. which is real bad, 90%. Uh, USC's touchdown rate is only 55%, 11 of 20, and the Trojans have scored points on just 15 of 20 drives, which is 75%, a.k.a. not good enough. Trojans have squandered 51 points inside the red zone in three games. Again, that's a lot of points. That's 17 points per game USC has squandered. This line is only at 7.5, which is much less than that, uh, which might be optimistic, maybe a little bit. Um, but uh, SD is averaging 6.7 red zone opportunities per game, the most of any team who's played three games. And only one team in college football is averaging more per game. That's Kent State at 6.75. They've only played four games. Uh, so that's hard to compare. 27 opportunities in four games. USC has had 20 opportunities in three. What does this mean? SC gets to the red zone better than anyone in the country. They are not scoring at the rate that they should be. If they did, they would have the results that people would expect out of this team. This is a Washington State defense that allows people to score once they get into the 20. Can SC put together a game in which they squander no more than seven points in the red zone? So what does this mean? If SC throws an interception in in the red zone and settles for a field goal, that would count as an over because that would be seven plus four is 11 squandered points. Every field goal made inside the red zone is four squandered points. Every turnover, seven squandered points. Can SC get to over seven and a half? Hmm. Every touchdown, zero squandered points. That is, um, that is, so if I took the over, I just need USC to go for it on fourth and miss, and then settle for a field goal later in the game or something like that. Yeah, or two two times if they settle for a field goal and make the field points. goals even, that would count. Because that would be two field goals, four squandered points each. That's eight. But then again, Wazoo hasn't really stopped teams that get into the red zone. This is correct. 
That I I don't like this at all. This is very not nice <laughs> of you, Michael. You give me eight and a half tackles for loss. Like, bite me. Um, I have to make a decision. I have to just I have to just go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the over because I can't think of a good reason to go with the under. Pessimistic Alicia is out in full force. I just think it's entirely possible USC has a good game and still settles for two field goals in the red zone. Like, sure, that, that is possible. Or has an interception well, or something. It, yeah, and it was really hard to, to make that line. Yeah. Last week uh, for Colorado, I put the line at nine and a half, but I put it nine and a half inside the 40. This Ooh, one, yeah. I've moved it down to the red zone. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Okay. I don't feel confident there, but it's it's done. Whatever. Right. What's your next one? All right. Next one is 40.5 yards rushing for Jaden Delara. He had 43 against Oregon State and 11 against Oregon. But USC has had a bad, bad, bad habit of letting quarterbacks run on them. Jaden Daniels had 111 yards. Grant Cannell had 40. And Jake Bentley, who is not a running quarterback at all, had 24 yards. So will Jaden Delora, who can scoot if he needs to, will he get over 40 rushing yards against USC? I am taking the over, and this is an easy over for two reasons, really one reason. I love USC secondary. I think the secondary is very good. And I think that if you are a freshman coming into an empty coliseum, that's probably not that intimidating. But an empty coliseum that's not that intimidating that has USC secondary you might find it a little tough to complete passes, which means you might need to bail the pocket on your feet a little bit more than you normally would. And against a defense like USC that's going to be susceptible against that, that could mean a, a successful day on the ground if you're Delora. So give me the over. I think that that, that leads to um, to some breakdowns for USC on defense is that the secondary is going to force him to throw the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Todd Orlando's game plan here is to play the percentages like they did against Grant Gannell. Mm-hmm. Uh, make Grant Gannell throw to beat you. Make Jordan Delora throw to beat you. Take take your losses on, on with the legs, but make him throw to beat you. So I, uh, That's what I expect the game plan to be. I think it's interesting because Clay Hilton talked about how the um the, the the week off with Colorado, they really weren't able to practice, but they did some self scouting and they sort of looked at, you know, what are our tendencies and what do we need to adjust and all that kind of stuff. So based on that talk, I would expect USC to figure out the running quarterback thing a little bit better and not have it be so feast or famine. Counterpoint though. But this is USC and so you're right to not put any faith in that. Counterpoint. And I know that this is not gonna make anyone feel better about uh, running quarterbacks. But if you're Todd Orlando, can't you also sit there and say, no one is thrown on us? Well, I think you can say that, but but th- those are like, like okay, so here's the thing. So so if, you, you if can, you're having you to pick sit- your poison, you'd want all three of those guys to, 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 well. I don't think it's picking, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that USC should be able to limit a quarterback's arm while also not letting him run rampant for no, first down. No, I, I agree, yes. So that's the issue, which, the, I mean, in theory, if you looked at the, if you looked at the Jaden Daniels numbers, the Grant Cannell numbers, and then the Jake Bentley numbers, that is trending in the right direction, but it's still, sure. it's still the kind of thing where USC needs to not that be, but not Jane have that Daniels be a trend. Jaden Daniels was awful through the air. 
Jake Bentley yeah, but Jane, awful through the but air. But Jane Daniels has had an accuracy problem for a long time. I mean, yeah, this, but he is, was this is the knock on horrendous him. Horrendous through the air. Yeah. The, the, the 55-yard touchdown was a screen pass that was... Like at the line of scrimmage. Well, the question is, can Jaden Delore hit USC over the top? Right. And that's uh, that's something that we'll, we'll have to see. Grant Cannell did it. But I think that was really the only time that uh, Arizona's passing game kind of beat SC. Yeah. So, and that was miscommunication. So Right. So I I think that if you're Tyler Lando, you can rationalize that, hey, we, we are playing the percentages and having it pan out. You obviously don't want another uh, Jaden Daniels situation where you give up 100 yards. Uh, you don't want to be, you know, um, name redacted to death. Um, you know, fourth down, going mm-hmm. to the corner. No, I, I got it. Right. You don't need to go any further. All right. Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next over under, uh, 99 and a half, over under 99 and a half yards for Washington State running back Dion McIntosh. This is an interesting line because it is dependent on Max Borgie probably not playing. But we don't know what the hell Max Borgie, uh, what, what his situation is going to be because Nick Rolovich is very close to the best there. Uh, as we talked about, uh, Dion McIntosh, 147 yards at Oregon State, 92 against Oregon. He's a boom or bust guy. Against the Ducks, five of his 16 carries were nine plus yards. Everything else, basically nothing. So like a lot like SC's running game in that sense. Uh, long gains or basically nothing. So... Uh, what say you? Over or under ninety nine and a half? Does he get two hundred yards? I am going to say under, and it's solely because I do think he will be splitting carries with Max Borgie, and even if Borgie doesn't have a full load, I think that'll be enough to prevent Macintosh. Like I could see like Borgie and Macintosh each having like eighty and combining for like hundred and sixty. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I think the safe bet here again, going with the with the percentages, is that in those first two games, those rushing totals were with him getting the full load, and just again, maybe I'm reading too much into Nick Rolovich, but like the way that he was talking about Max Borgie, sort of being uh, uh, really really eager to get back on the field, I think that uh, that that I would wager that that Borgie will play. At least somewhat. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think my take would be, if Borgie plays, this is an easy under. If Borgie doesn't play, I kind of really like the over there. So, it's all going to be about whether or not Borgie plays. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. I could have put 99.5 yards for Wazoo's leaning rusher, but... uh, Maybe that's uh, taking the fun out of it. Be a little bit cheating. Yeah. Uh, what's your last over-under? All right, my last over-under is 159.5, and that's a passer rating for Keaton Slovis. He hasn't gone above a 146 yet this season. The first three games, he's been sub-145, uh, which is shocking because the end of last season, the, that five-game five run that he had that was so bright, he didn't get below 168, and he was up near 200 more often than not. So basically, is he gonna is he gonna take his game to the? I'm not asking him to, you know, go way up and have an an all world kind of game, but he he's sort of been in that average rating where you'd want to see him getting up t- towards 165 way more often. Absolutely. Um, I I I know this is this is not based on sort of anything, but a hunch. 
I like him to get the over big time here. I think SC moves the ball through the air pretty well in this game. I think they might struggle to run the football, especially given the what we don't know about the offensive line. But for some reason, I have this weird sneaking suspicion that the passing game kind of clicks this week. Mm. Um, a lot of it's going to be based on his arm. Is he willing to, to throw the ball downfield? That We know that passer rating is kind of dependent on yards per per catch, yards per, per attempt. Um, if you're not stretching the ball vertically, uh, that is going to affect those opportunities to really ramp up that passer rating. So uh, it's certainly a question, but I kind of like the over. Just, just based on a hunch. Yeah, I think, I think that's totally fair. That hunch. I, I also have a hunch that it, it might be over. But at the same time, I've expected Slovis to take that step and and have one of those games in each of the games that we've seen so far from him, and, and he and he hasn't. So this will be a really interesting game. Now he's had a week off. We'll see what's going on with that arm. USC continues to say it's it's nothing, but sure looks like something. So that's a wait and see. Yes, indeedy. Uh, my last over under is over under 47.49 yards per punt for both teams combined. This is the weirdest over under we've ever had, Michael. I I, I get this, but uh, Washington State's Oscar Dragicevich is averaging 48.6 yards per punt. He had a 78-yarder. I saw that punt against, against Oregon. Oregon. It 78! Was, it was outstanding. That's that's a, a thing of big beauty. kick. Yep, big boy punt. Uh, and we know that uh, your boy, uh, Ben Griffiths. My God, Ben Griffiths. Yeah, is averaging forty five point six yards per punt. Mm-hmm. So I want to know: you take all the punts in the game, divide it by uh, the the number of punts, and uh, what's that average? How many yards? How many yards per punt do the do the punters? Combined for 47.49 is the over under. And the reason I put it 0.49 uh, is because I was going to put it at 47 and a half. And I thought that that's a possible on the nose number. <laughs> so we're going to make it 47.49. Okay. Okay. Uh, whew. All right. I, I think this could be a fun punting battle, but I also think that, uh, these offenses might might have something going for them in this game. And so much of punt yardage can be limited by uh, by field position and whether or not you're trying to pin something. And, uh, you know, you, punters don't always get to unload for 78 yards because they don't always have 78 yards of a field in front of them. So, uh, again, I'm going to play the percentages. I'm going to go under. I will not even be a little bit sad if it's over. But I'm going to go under on this just because I think that USC's offense and Washington State's offense are more likely than not to move the ball somewhat and be punting from closer to midfield than not, um, than uh, than having these big, big, big booming punts. Yeah, I, I like the, um, the the thought process behind that. I, I'm, I would be with you. I, I think that's a good uh, place to be, especially when you look at USC's offense. Uh, we talked about it before. They get into the 40s so many times. Uh, that lowers the chances of Ben Griffiths having a high average uh, as a punter. So, yeah, uh, good pick there. We'll see what happens for over-under. I don't know that I'm feeling overly confident uh, about any of these over-unders, uh, but but surely my uh, insurmountable lead will continue. But 
How about your guys' lead? You guys are playing along back at home, uh, the Rotbots. Uh, let us know what you're doing. Let us know your picks. We're going to put the uh, the picks here in the, the show description and over on Twitter and Slack for the Rot Crew uh, and, and elsewhere. Go look for that and make your picks uh, in the weekly over-under challenge here from the Rotbots. Um, and we can see what you guys do. See if you guys can beat us. You can beat the uh, the guys with the at the, the leaderboard. Uh, it is a top battle, hotly contested battle uh, up there. I think it's Yoni, uh, Ryan from Arizona is up there too. Yeah, I, I, I should probably be more prepared and have run the run the names. But well, okay, again, we had a G Suite migration, and might may have had a lot of our uh, documents and stuff like that. Get you into you don't the have to void. tell everyone our, our, our details. I'm just here. saying. I'm just saying. We were able to get them back, but like it wasn't exactly well prepared for at the moment. Yeah. Well, we did lose a lot of stuff, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's where things are. Um, we, we will be watching the game from the comfort of our own home on Sunday. Uh, we hope you guys are safe and staying safe. Um, and are we, uh, are we not going to do predictions? Oh, yes. We do score predictions. Yeah, it's a game preview, Michael. It's score predictions. Oh, yeah. My least favorite thing, but I'm bringing it up because I, I just came up with a score prediction. All right. Lay it on me. All right. I got USC 34, Wazoo 29. Okay. 34-29? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go SC wins this game. 45-34. Hmm. Okay. 45-35. SC I, finally gets some big points on the board. Uh, uh, big points on the board for USC up into the 40s would uh, would be very gratifying. But uh, pessimistic Alicia is here, so <laughs> just saying. Uh, yeah, we, we, we both see a bunch of points uh, in this one. But yeah, now can we wrap up the show? Yeah, yeah, by by all means. I mean, yeah. unless you've you, been coughing up you, a storm, you you don't want to read the reviews either. But you know, whatever, Fine, we'll leave I'll those read for the another reviews. time. Okay, here we go. Five stars from the All Madden Mom in South Bend, who says, "Love listening to you both. Even my Notre Dame alum husband can't wait for the car cast after every game. That car cast that includes the uh, Notre Dame alum, at least <laughs> Notre Dame high school alum. Thank you. Uh, same difference. Uh, you you help us keep us sane." Uh, when the coaching can sometimes make us crazy. Thank you for your great work. Fight on All Madden Mom in South Bend. Hope you're staying warm. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you've been a, a big supporter of the show and love hanging out with you when you're able to get out to, uh, to Can I ups. say, one of my favorite things ever about meeting Ratbots hmm. at a Renatroy meetup, uh, we met her in Austin, and she brought her son over to us. And he did the intro to the podcast <laughs> all off memory. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. One of the coolest moments ever. Pretty awesome, I gotta yeah. say. Cool family. Yeah, yeah. Even even the uh, even though they have that South Bend connection, I'll. Uh, well, so do you. So I do. I mean, well, I have a Sherman Oaks connection, sure, but, but it's still Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. So uh, next one comes from uh, Joe and Chino Hills, who says, "Love the pod as a supporter of UFC and Manchester City." Sorry about that one. Uh, I can't help but draw freight parallels between the two clubs. Wow. Man City? I don't uh, see it. He's, he's, he's going to make it his, his explanation, I think. I, 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 I see Man City is sort of like the, the, the UCLA of uh, things, but let's see what Joe says. Uh, offensive stars with lofty aspirations. I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But underwhelming performances with mixed feelings, for sure, 100%. Despite the result, what Premier League club would you compare USC to? Definitely don't make an F1 comparison. P.S. I can better um, anticipate a take from Michael, and I gotta say, when those movements happen, the suspense is palpable. Sometimes like a car wreck you can't look away from. Keep grinding and fight on. To victory, Joe from Chino Hills. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the review, Joe. Um, I won't make an F one comp, but I think I it's it's an interesting opportunity to to try and and com- make the the Premier League comparisons. I've always felt that Liverpool was Notre Dame uh, until they won the title. Uh, it was very much a sort of striving to to get back to that point which i think is very much where notre dame living in past glories yeah. well hmm. um manchester city I, I i i agree with michael i'm not sure I, and i i think you you raise the the joe raises the some comparisons that are there but like i think manchester city it, they're not ucla because ucla hasn't been successful enough um right yeah but but they're UCLA in the little brother sense. Yeah, where where they're the where the the they're the little brother team that has had an influx of of success. Man City is the Mets, the New York Mets. Uh, have the Mets been successful enough to be called Man the City? The New York Mets in the eighties own New York. Okay, well they're fine. You make that baseball. Like they reference. had a decade that was theirs. If if that's the way you want, that's the way you want. The to Yankees play it. were embarrassing for like fifteen years. Yeah. Okay. They were. Man City. Man City is Oregon, by the way. Uh, if we're talking Pac-12, sure, because they get the influx of of Nike money, and then uh, in terms of Pac-12 success, they've Nike been Nike money and Saudi mom- money. You're putting the them, same thing, yeah, yeah t- together. I think that USC is probably something more like Arsenal or Manchester United, depending on if we're talking like Man- like Manchester United right now is very very much USC because they got Ollie at the wheel. And it was the wrong hire Ooh, yes. from internal. Internal and feel good. They're hire. sort of sticking with yep. him because he's just been sort he's of good SC enough. Guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think that and, and then you've got the history of um history of, Who's of, of success. Uh Pali and Ateote. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's the know first thing that, that came into my head. Uh either either way, I, I would go with Manchester United there as much as it pains me to say it, but I think you could go with Arsenal as well in terms of of um, living in the purgatory of being just good enough but not as good as you want to be. I think if we're talking about all-time history and stuff like that, I think it's absolutely Arsenal. I think Arsenal's a good comparison. Arsenal is a club that has standards in terms of glamour, mm-hmm. um, in terms of history, uh, in terms of where they stand, in terms of being the big city team. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think if we're talking stylistically, can I hear you out on a Chelsea compa- comparison? USC and Chelsea? Yeah, no. lots of young playmakers. Okay. And yet it always feels like for all the young playmakers that SC has, they're not scoring enough points. Okay. You look at Chelsea, you got Pulisic, you, you got uh, Havertz, you got Timo Werner, you got Tammy Abraham. Okay. You got all those dudes I play with on you FIFA. You got a suspect defense. <laughs> you have more Premier League titles in my lifetime than <laughs> you've ever seen. That touched a nerve, Jesus. Um, the point is, um, you got a Mendy and Tendy. <laughs> um, the the point is, I I I, I could see the the offense that should be 
you know, super high powered um, that has yet to get there that has the potential. But how often are you going to keep saying that they have the potential? Right. Uh, and then at some point point to the uh, the internal feel good hire. And Clayton was not a feel good hire at USC. Well, for However, some people he was like for the I mean there was a lot of people spinning when when he got hired were, oh that he's going to put SC back to play in SC way. That's the Certainly. there were a lot of people that was who, the company who thought line. he was going to turn USC into Stanford like in terms of ground and pound and all that kind of stuff which is funny now but I mean it was that funny was then. The, that well it was funny then too but that was the talk it was just sort of get back to basics. Right. So there were people who were advocating for that move. Yeah, we've turned off all the listeners. I mean, and, we and were everyone. asked specifically to make a oh, this is true. soccer this talk, is true. so and we did at the end. We, yeah, we 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 waited for it. Yeah, um, for sure. But anyways, that's gonna wrap up this episode. Uh, at least we've got a cough again, probably. I genuinely do, though. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, this up. Um, be safe out there. Uh, things things are rough. Um, take it from us that uh, even when you think you're doing everything right, uh, with 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 being safe during a global pandemic, uh, sometimes it ends up not the case. So be extra careful at all costs mm-hmm. when you can. Stay home if you need to. Be safe. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, my final word. We'll be cautious. Just be cautious, guys. It's it's uh, It'll take everybody, every individual, making smart decisions or as smart as they can be. Say no to Big Coven. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will catch you guys later. See ya. See ya. See ya. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.